What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. Uh, someone jumped in the reviews to tell me that it's not the only daily podcast in the entire world. Um, I'm going to ignore that person and pretend that it is. I'm not going to ignore the fact that they left a nice review, though, and you, too, can do that as well. If you want to leave a review, go to iTunes, bang that five-star button, hit subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, whatever you want to do. Uh, the more the more stuff you do on that iTunes page, the better it is for me. And for the podcast, uh, we do daily, uh, you know, we talk picks. Uh, we do picks on Friday, but today is Thursday, and that means we're going to talk some fantasy with the one, the only, Heath Cummings. Heath, what's up, man? What a wild, wild week. Like, you're getting ready for your fantasy playoffs. You think you figured it all out. You made the playoffs. You know who you're starting. And then all this happens. It's crazy. I mean, was the was it more about week 13 and the injuries, or is it just the way that things are shifting around? I mean, this is like, because typically you're going, you're like, all right, it's playoff time. I got my team. I'm rolling with my team. Um, and now we have the Steelers running back situation to figure out, the Chargers running back situation to figure out, uh, the, the Broncos wide receiver situation to figure out. We'll talk about all of that. Uh, I mean, I guess let's, let's start though with Thursday night, which is just, it's like the annual slog fest. We won't spend much time on it, but the, the Jaguars and Titans are playing on Thursday night. Is anybody outside of Leonard Fournette worth starting in this game? The defenses. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I, I think both the defenses are in play. Listen, it's Marcus Mariota has been awesome lately. Yep. I think 25 fantasy points in four of his last five games. But you saw what that Jacksonville defense just did to Andrew Luck and the Colts. That I made jokes about how they were going to be inspired by Blake Bortles not being their starting quarterback <laughs> anymore. And they sure looked like they were inspired by Blake Bortles not being their starting quarterback anymore. They sure did. Uh, I have no interest in the t- Titans running backs. If I had to start one, I'd choose Derrick Henry. I, I, Corey Davis is a number three receiver, but I hope you have a better option. And I think Cortland Sutton just became a better option. Mm. And I'm start, not starting Moriato or, or Johnny Smith. He's, he's getting targets and touchdowns stolen by Anthony Ferkser. Did you make up that name? I don't know who that is. I mean, I, mean, I think he scored two touchdowns this year. I know you didn't make him up, but I mean, like, it does feel like a made up name. Um, if you are listening to this, and for some reason, you know, we record this on Wednesday afternoon, uh, there's Emmanuel Sanders news out there. Do go, stop what you're doing and go grab Cortland Sutton if he's a, a, a available in your league. Um, we'll get to that in a second though. Would you grab, would you drop Dion Lewis at this point? I have dropped Dion Lewis in at least two leagues. This week, I, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year I would be dropping Dion Lewis for Jalen Samuels <laughs> and Jeff Wilson, yeah, I that that would not have gone over well. But it's exactly what I've done. Would you drop uh, Dion Lewis for Dante Pettis? That would have to be a very unique circumstance, and and we've yeah. talked about this on the, on the FFT podcast. It's we all built our teams. Largely in, in different ways, but a lot of my teams are built similarly. And you know, a lot of them have three very good wide receivers. Sure. And so if I was in a situation where I had three very good running backs and I was really struggling at wide receiver, maybe just lost Emmanuel Sanders, then I could absolutely see making that move. Right. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. If you're a wide receiver heavy, you don't need to do that. I, I, my thing with Deion Lewis, and I don't think he's going to be great for the rest of the year, but I feel like he's the type of guy where you drop him. Thursday night, Derrick Henry gets hurt. 
Deion Lewis has some breakout game and you're not the first guy on the waiver claim next week, you're not going to see him again and he might have a decent run down the stretch. So, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't drop him, but would you stash the Jaguars defense for the stretch run? Because the Jaguars have, uh, I believe a pretty good little schedule. Yeah, they do. Uh, they get Tennessee this week in week 14. Then their playoff matchups are the Washington Redskins led by one Mark Sanchez. And the Miami Dolphins on the road. Or the, the Jaguars um, have been Jekyll and Heidi here, but they've been good at uh, pretty good at home, scoring seven, ten, twelve, and nineteen points respectively in their home games. And they get Washington at home. Yeah, I'm starting them this week. I'm starting them next week. I'm starting them for as long as I'm alive in the playoffs. Really? Would you rather have the Jaguars or the Vikings? I'd rather have Jacksonville because mm. I'd much rather start them this week. Sure. Would you rather have the Jaguars or the or the Chargers? Chargers get the Bengals, of course, this week. Yeah, I might rather have the Chargers. I mean, I'd definitely rather – the way I handle defenses at this point, because next week when you go to make waiver claims, there are four of you four. Yep. trying to make waiver claims. The following week there are two. So I'm not holding on to two defenses in very many leagues. The, the mm. one exception I have to that, I think Baltimore at home against Tampa Bay next week is going to be a pretty good play. We'll see how Jameis looks against New Orleans. We'll see how the Ravens look against Mahomes. But I have no interest in starting Baltimore on the road at Kansas City, obviously. Nah, nah, nah. So I am holding on to Baltimore in a league or two where I'm starting defenses like the Bills or the Titans this week. All right. I, I will, can I ask you a very specific question as it results, relates to two defenses? Yes. Uh, certainly not one of my teams. Wouldn't, no, wouldn't be, no. Wouldn't, of probably, uh, what you should do is just make up a name and say this is a listener email. This is That's a – yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> By the way, Adam Azer, host of the Fantasy Football Today podcast, Heath mentioned that, of course, it is the daily fantasy show. You should subscribe to that. It is excellent. I was listening to it in the car on the way to pick up my son from preschool. Uh, today they did league, or, or yesterday, excuse me, they did league winners, guys who could win your league, um, as well as, you know, plenty of stuff related to the playoffs. These are the weeks where you need to download the Fantasy Football Today podcast, iTunes, etc. Um, okay, so in this hypothetical scenario from Gil Minson from uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, he uh, he asked, "Hey guys, I've got uh, I've got Emmanuel Sanders. I need to drop him. Just email. Just came across the, uh, okay. the thing. Yeah, um, Allen Robinson, Adam Humphreys, and Larry Fitzgerald on the bench to fill that wide receiver spot. Uh, Chargers starting at defense. Would you drop Sanders and add the Jaguars and stash them? Yeah, I think it, I'd make that. I forget who do the Chargers have next week." The Chargers get the Chiefs next week on Thursday. Yeah, so you're not using them. So absolutely. Right. Yeah, right. look for the Ravens or Jacksonville for next week. Yeah, so I mean, well, I guess the question is like, would you start if you're in the playoffs? Like you're not in the playoffs, but you've clinched a playoff spot, and you had the you had a team like the Chargers. Would you roll the Chargers out this week to just try and you know boost your playoff standing, or or would you would you go get the Jaguars and hold on to them and just gamble with them? Totally depends on if I'm playing for playoff seating or if I'm sitting there with a buy. Okay. If I'm I, there are several. The problem is you don't necessarily want to drop a defense that somebody's going to want to use next week. Right. But to the, nobody wants to use the Chargers. Nobody so will. if I've got a playoff bye this week, I'll dro- I'm dropping the Chargers, even though they're, they have, they're the number one defense this week. Mm, okay, gotcha. Uh, but Jaguars, that's a team that you want to go stash. They play on Thursday night, so you need to make that move today. Go make that move before uh, before it's too late. I'm with you. Nobody else you want to play on uh, on on the, on that schedule. That's a it's a it's a bad game. They do it every week. I don't know why they do that. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, we mentioned that. He is injured. He appears, according to multiple reports, the team, the Broncos believe he tore his Achilles. By the time that you're listening to this, I will, I'm going to 
do what I don't like to do, Heath, because I'll have to go back and re-record this if it turns out to be false. I'm going to say that he, he did, in fact, tear his Achilles. Because when you tear your Achilles, there's a loud popping sound. Teams know it. You can tell by the way that your Achilles, where it's based on your leg, if it's torn or not pretty quickly. And even if it wasn't torn, even if it was like frayed, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders would play the rest of this season, at least for fantasy purposes and probably for the Broncos' purposes. So, operating under the idea that the Broncos are now in deep trouble at 6-6, six and six, they're trotting out almost all rookies. Uh, Royce, uh, Royce Freeman, their backup running back, is a rookie. Philip Lindsay, their starting rookie running back, is an undrafted rookie. Cortland Sutton uh, is there now, and Deshaun Hamilton. Those are the two wide receiver guys we're talking about. Is Sutton locked in as a wide receiver two moving forward? Is more or less? What do you, where do you put, peg him? Yeah, the fir- very first step is make sure he's added, and I'm sure by, by the time you're listening to this, he has been. Make sure he's, he's owned. I... I'm going to project him as a low-end wide receiver, too. It is difficult for wide receivers that have been operating as number twos or number threes to go into that feature role where defenses don't have to pay attention to anyone else and produce the same efficiency. Sure. So he's going to need more targets. He has a couple of things working for him. One, the 49ers don't cover anyone anyway. Right. So he shouldn't have any problem there. The thing that's working against him is the Broncos aren't really throwing the football. When they play teams that they can just stop, they're just running. The last two games, they've thrown 49 passes combined. Against Arizona in Week 7, they threw 21 passes. We've seen a lot of games with them, 19. So I I am a little bit worried about him. That's why he's a low-end number two and not a mid-range. I think he has high-end number two upside. Mm. The other thing working for him is they don't have anybody else. Nobody. Deshaun Hamilton, everyone is very excited about, and he has – some things about him that would make you excited. He plays that slot role. He's done almost nothing. Right. And he's had opportunities. Tim Patrick has been better than him this season. That says a lot. I mean, it... And that's another name you could just guess that I just made up. Right. I didn't. That's right. Uh, Tim Patrick, star of uh, Home Alone 6, lost in Australia. The uh, Broncos actually have more games this season under 200 passing yards then they have games over 300 passing yards. In fact, more games under 200 passing yards than they have games over 250 passing yards. They're not a high-flying offensive team. They're not going to... No, I, I think this just cements Philip Lindsay as a number one running back. <laughs> he might be, is, is he the best running back in football right now? I mean, he might be. It, it gives Royce Freeman a little bit better chance of being a serviceable flex. I mean, he's still going to be touchdown dependent. Sure. It maybe makes Matt Lacoste more interesting as a streaming option. Mm. Uh, because there is at least a little bit of a connection there with Keenum, more than he's had with those wide receivers. Right. I think it's going to mean slow-paced, high-run, not great for fantasy. Yeah, I think so too. And, and when you look at their games at San Francisco, Cleveland, and then at the Oakland Raiders, uh, the Browns are the best offense left remaining that they have to play. The Browns have struggled when they play good defenses. Even Baker Mayfield hadn't looked great, which means you might be seeing – uh, some unders, some slog games in terms of what the what the Broncos do, and a whole lot of Philip Lindsay. He he's a league winner because you got him for free, and he's been great pretty much all year. And he's about to go on a tear down the stretch against uh, three three teams that can't um, can't really stop anybody. Maybe we shouldn't use the word tear. That's probably a good call. <laughs> um, you're right. That's sorry, Emmanuel Sanders. I by the way, I um, I am uh, I was all in on Emmanuel Sanders coming into the year. So personally, from a 
personal fantasy perspective, I am in deep, uh, deep poo. Uh, I will say this about Emmanuel Sanders. I think he, there's a good chance that this was the last practice of his Broncos career because yes. they can cut him after this season, save more than $10 million on the cap, and then go forward with this very young offense. The good news for the Broncos is you got a really young offense moving forward. The bad news is, Good luck making a playoff run when you have a uh, a very young offense. By the way, Denver. Do, do, all right. Uh, well, I kind of gave away the point by by making that. But do you know that Denver is one of two teams that is two teams in the entire NFL that is top ten in DVOA in both offense and defense? I did not know that. Would you? I mean, can you guess the other one? Top ten in offense and defense. Correct. The Bears. The, no, the Bears actually fell out. They were one of them, but now it's just the Chargers and the Broncos. Interesting. The Broncos is a really surprising one because they're six and six, and it says a lot about their coaching. And, and what's your little Chargers group called on Twitter that you guys have all been excited <laughs> for four years about the Chargers winning the Super Bowl? Chargers Hive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mina Kimes is in it. Uh, Bill Bardwell, part of it. Yeah. We're all going to do live podcast from Atlanta at a bar. Simultaneous live podcast if the Chargers are in the Super Bowl. It, it really. It kind of stinks for you guys that Patrick Mahomes just showed up and ruined that whole thing. Sure does. Uh, although I bet on the Chiefs to win the division, so I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, that should get you disqualified from Chargers Hive, I would think. Yeah, the, there's some people trying to disqualify me, but I mean, I'm, I'm Philip Rivers. I'm Philip Rivers ride or die, but I said I'm not going to pick the Chargers and ruin the Chargers season. I'm the one. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I've been ruining them, so I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but I didn't ruin the Chiefs, so who knows. Um, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, I didn't put this on the rundown. But I am curious what you're going to do with Patrick Mahomes this week. Let's say you have, uh, let's see, what's a good, a good, uh, a good issue. Andrew Luck. You got Andrew Luck and you got Patrick Mahomes. Lots of people have, might have that combo. I've got that combo somewhere, I think. If you have both of those guys, who are you starting this week with Patrick Mahomes playing the Baltimore Ravens? I, I'm going to just share two tweets that I've written this week That's without a- actually answering your question and see if that answers your question. Sure. There are three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have thrown for three, 3,900 yards, 40 touchdowns, and run for 200 yards in a season. One of them is Patrick Mahomes in 12 games. That's pretty good. The other tweet was sharing, you know, uh, late round QB on Twitter, JJ Zacharias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By his, by virtue of his name, you might guess he doesn't like to draft quarterbacks. And uh, I shared his tweet saying he is the first quarterback I've ever thought could actually warrant an early round pick in fantasy football. I'm not benching Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if the 85 Bears showed up, only they trained. <laughs> like, Because I, I am a big proponent of the fact that if the 85 Bears actually showed up, the Chiefs might hang 60 on them because athletes were just worse back then. But Well, if the 85 Bears showed up and it was like Ron Rivera now and Mike Singletary right. now, they would definitely hang 60 on them, maybe 100. 100%. So, yeah, I, I'm not benching Patrick Mahomes. That's fair. Um, so if you look at, so like what Patrick Mahomes has played how many games? Uh, was week 14? I mean, he's played 13 games. Uh, do the math. And we he's divide. played, he's played 12 games. He's played 12 games? Because yes. we're going into week 14, right? I can't yes. do math. Um, he's averaging 36 points per fantasy week. In That's sta- a lot. In standard four point passing touchdown leagues. That is it. Oh, no, I, like six points, six points, excuse me, six point passing touchdown leagues. On pace stats are really bad. Sure. But we're three-fourths of the way through the season now, so they're slightly more acceptable. And he's quite simply on pace for the greatest season ever. Like, not, not the, I mean, A, the greatest fantasy season ever. B, literally the greatest season in football history. Yes. Can you imagine giving Drew Brees the MVP if Patrick Mahomes was the greatest season in football history? 
in his first year? It, it's not going to happen. If he stays on this pace and they win their last four games, the, the MVP race is over. If, I'm sorry yeah. to everyone that still has Drew Brees as the favorite, including, I think, Las Vegas. But uh, if, you, if, if, if Brees is the favorite going into this week, you bet on Mahomes. Hammer yeah. Mahomes. Hammer him because he, he, he took the lead back. Now, look, Breeze could flip it and Mahomes could struggle. And I don't think it'll happen, but it could. Um, I'm with you. You have to start Patrick Mahomes because he is the, the best. He's winning your, if you're, if you're not, if you have Mahomes and you're not in the playoffs or, or making, uh, like a run, you've done a really, really bad job managing well, your fantasy team. And I, uh, I, I touched on this in my streaming piece when I got to the quarterback section. It's not a week for streaming quarterbacks. None of the guys under 60% owned are in my top 15 quarterbacks this week, and that's not happened very often. Uh, you, you're, you're starting your quarterback for the most part. Yes. Um, Andrew Luck, not a bad start, but you are starting. Like Jared Goff at Chicago, Big Ben's on the road, even with a good matchup, Drew Brees at Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like all the guys are, that's, that's a fair point. Okay. Uh, let's talk running backs. I actually tied, I was proud of how I tied this. Congratulations. You won a week 14 waiver wire running back. Now what the bleep do you do with him? There, these situations are murky, Heath. Murky, like uh, like a nice uh, coffee porter. Yes, yes. Uh, which are delicious, and I expect the performance of these running backs to be delicious. <laughs> do, oh, you do. All right. Well, first of all, let's touch on the Steelers. Jalen Samuels, my guy, rookie out of NC State. Love J. Sam. He's a touchdown hog. Just his nose for the end zone. He's great in the red zone. I don't know, Heath, that I think he's necessarily a feature back. And I don't know that the Steelers are going to give him 25 to 30 carries. I just don't think they're going to do it. I think there is a, uh, I'll, I'll just say 0% chance. Okay, cool. Of right. uh, 25 to 30 carries. 15 now, to 20? I don't think the odds are very, I, what was Chris Tower's stat that he's never had 13 in a game since high school? Correct. That's a long time. It is. I watched basically every snap of his in college too. They don't, he's never been used as a traditional running back. My, my current expectation is he's going to catch probably five passes. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get about ten carries, mm-hmm. and he's facing the Raiders, mm-hmm. and you're going to start him. I think you have to start him if you got him. Yeah. Because 15 carries, he should – you're right. He probably should get ten, seven or eight targets, five catches. Most of them could be in the red zone. The Raiders' run defense has been a little bit better lately, which is a slight concern, but I don't think you can possibly sit him. I, I, I actually could see Heath, a situation where – if you if you base it on the game script, I mean, what are the 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 the, the Steelers are ten and a half point favorites here? The game script would dictate that they're going to be what twenty to thirty carries in the second half for the Steelers. I could see Stephen Ridley getting like seventy percent of those, just because the, if they're up ten or fifteen points, they're like, let's just feed Ridley and grind this sucker out and play some defense and get out of here with a win. Yeah, I I expect Stephen Ridley will lead the team in carries, but. You mentioned the Raiders' run defense getting better. I'm not sure how much that is, or Spencer Ware just mm. looked like a toad, <laughs> and Stephen Ridley is that guy. Yeah. So I think maybe he gets 14 carries for 45 yards. Yeah. And you hope he scores a touchdown. He's a he's a kind of in that Royce Freeman range of flex options this week for me. But Samuels is the one that I want to start just because I do think he's probably going to score a touchdown, and he's going to get enough work in the passing game that I think he get five points. Just from his catches in PPR. In PPR, I think you have to start Jalen Samuels. He is an excellent option uh, in that format. You have him ranked 37th in your flex top 200. 
Uh, who is on the far left? Jamie Eisenberg has him at 26. Wow, that is really high. Hmm. The uh, the big debate we've had as this week was between Samuels and Wilson. It was a waiver wire debate. Now it's turning into who do you start debate. I trust Wilson just a little bit more. Mm. It's a bad matchup for him against the Broncos, but it's a bad running matchup. He had nine targets and caught eight passes last week. Yes, he did. And the only other option is Alfred Morris, who they like so much that they made him inactive last week for Jeff Wilson. And Alfred Morris, here's the thing too. If they're losing, Alfred Morris will not be on the field because he does, right. not, he does not catch passes. He is a, so, he's a, he's a run while you're ahead type of guy. So I'm starting Wilson too, and I'm starting Wilson. I, I I picked up Wilson over Samuels in leagues, and I'm starting Wilson over Samuels. Wow, interesting. Uh, I noticed you actually have Dante Pettis 38th, which is hilarious. So you would go Samuels over Pettis in a flex position, even in a PPR. Yes. Well, I was I actually read. Um, we mentioned him on here before, but Matt Waldman. I read his column over at FootballGuys.com. His like t- big top ten thing, and he was breaking down some Dante Pettis stuff and. Uh, I'm a little excited about Dante Pettis. The thing that I love for him. Dante Pettis, is, by the way, sorry, not a running back for those that no. are listening. Wide receiver for the 49ers, uh, rookie wide receiver, explosive guy who actually runs pretty good routes too. Yeah, well, over 200 yards and three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Yeah. Nick Mullins doesn't want to throw the ball outside of the numbers. Right. And he doesn't want to hold on to the ball. He wants to dump it short. And the great thing about Pettis is he's playing in the slot. He's running those types of routes. But then he has the speed to do something after he catches the ball. It's not like he's Bruce Ellington catching six passes for 15 yards. Right. He's making big plays after the catch, and the teams have to pay so much attention to George Kittle over the middle, rightly so, that it really opens some things up for Pettis. I, the only thing that would worry me even a little bit about Pettis this week, we know Marquise Goodwin's back. I'm okay with that. That's just somebody else for the defense to pay attention to. I'd be a little worried if Goodwin and Garcon were both back, but I don't think Garcon's coming back this year. I don't think so either. Why? I don't know why they would bring his old bones back. Okay, I have to ask you about this because I noticed it in your rankings. Um, you have, again, you have Wilson is 34th. And Adam Humphreys, shout out to Heath, scored a touchdown last week. First touchdown of the day, I think, uh, in the NFL after you told, told people to start him. Adam Humphreys, you have 33rd. Justin Wilson, you have 34th. Jalen Samuels, you have 37th. And then three names that just really caught my eye. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, 41st. Mark Ingram, 40th. Joe Mixon, 45th. And Sony Michelle, 49th. You, so you would start Justin Wilson and Jalen Samuels over Mark Ingram, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Gus Edwards is on there too, and Sony Michelle. These are PPR. These are PPR. And a lot of the guys you just mentioned don't do much in PPR, mm, except for fair. Mixon. Okay. Uh, Mixon scares me to death. Really? In a game against the Chargers that they're going to get crushed, he's getting about 12 carries per game when, in these negative game scripts. Mm. And the Chargers have no reason to be scared of Jeff Driscoll. And they're really good defensively. So I'm a little worried about Mixon, but we had the same talk last week and I fully understand and I'm not, a lot of people listening to this podcast can't sit that name. Sure. And a lot of experts out there say, start your studs. I I understand that. I'm not telling you you can't do that. But I'm going to rank the guy higher that I think is going to score the most points. Well, that's your, it's your job to be the most accurate based on what your numbers tell you. And not to not to say you have to start. Like, that's why it's okay to put Philip Lindsay ahead of Alvin Kamara or 
you know, whatever, which is what I think actually right. Jamie Eisenberg did. It's okay to do that. Like, the, do what you think is going to end up being right. Um, do you follow the start your studs mantra in the, in the, in the playoffs personally? Cause I, I typically do it myself. If I have a stud, I'm, I'm probably, if he got me to the playoffs, I'm probably going to start him. Now, if it's like a guy who's been limping along and sort of, you know, doesn't necessarily break out or doesn't like, like, I don't think that David Johnson is always a must start. Um, but I'm probably going to start my studs for the most part in the playoffs. Uh, I've got Dalvin Cook on the bench in a league where I have Gus Edwards in my starting lineup. Wow. All right. So that probably answers that question. Good for you. A man who, uh, a man who. Now lives... I can be wrong, but I'm not, and I, I really like, just ask yourself, are you, if you're going to feel bad yeah. about sitting Dalvin Cook and him being worse, then just start Dalvin Cook. Right. But I'm not going to feel bad about that. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the thing is you have to make an empirical decision to decide what is the, what is the thing that is going to give me the best chance at winning? Yes. And then go with that and live with the results because sometimes fantasy football, weird things happen. I, I, I want to, I will never forget the name and you're not going to remember this name at all, I don't think, but you might because it was a great name. Uh, Devin Aroma Shodu. I, I do remember him. Yes. Yes. And scored two touchdowns and won me a championship one year. And, uh, yeah. You just play the guy that you think is going to score the most points. Um, I picked up a little fella by the name. Oh goodness, this is a long time ago. His name was Jamal Charles, little un- <laughs> unknown running back from Texas, mostly used on special teams. Uh, the Chiefs' starting running back went down. Made him at Priest Holmes, and uh, Jamal Charles was slated to get carries in Week 15 and 16. Picked him up on the waiver wire, won my title. You, you know, and of course Jamal Charles morphed into a, a superstar. But the point right. is, is like. You have to be willing to look at what the numbers say and look at who might be able to give you, especially in, in the playoffs. You just don't know. Like you, it, these are weird times in the NFL. Uh, okay, moving along. The Chargers running back situation. Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler are the two names out there. I thought, and I wasn't alone in this. I thought Justin Jackson looked awesome on Sunday night, and Anthony Lynn's out there talking about Austin Eckler being tired. This is one that I'm struggling with a lot, and I I may still change my opinion before Sunday. I, Justin Jackson looked awesome in a role that Austin Eckler has looked awesome in almost all year. Mm-hmm. Limited carries, not the feature back. Bring him in. He hits the hole hard in the fourth quarter when everybody else has tired legs. That's great. I, and Lynn's comments do make me think he's going to get more work. If I had to put my life on who's going to get more touches this week, Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson. I'd still bet on Austin Eckler. Mm. But I think the Bengals are bad enough yep. that you can start both of them. I I would rather have Justin Jackson this week than Austin Eckler because when, when Anthony Lynn says that somebody is tired, to me that says if we're winning, the other guy is going to get the carries. And Justin Jackson is the type of guy who can run a little bit more downhill that they can say, all right, we're not going to wing it all over the place with Rivers. Let's, and they have to get a lead, but I think they should get a lead against a very bad Bengals team. And then Justin Jackson just grinds this puppy out. That's my take on it. I don't know if that'll, that's how, that'll, I don't know if that's how it'll play out, but that is what I would be eyeing if I were a Justin Jackson owner. I, I have Jackson projected for more rushing yards than Austin Eckler mm. and a better chance of scoring a rushing touchdown. But. Uh, I don't think Jackson's going to get a ton of work in the passing game, and Eckler is. So I still like Eckler more. They're both top 25 running backs for me this week. Okay, nice. I like it. Uh, would you start, so you would start Jalen Samuels over Justin Jackson? I would. Okay. 
Justin Gamble, Justin Gamble, Justin Wilson, we talked about. Would you field a lineup of Jalen Samuels, Justin Wilson, and Justin Jackson? How would you feel about that? Uh, I, I didn't get all of those guys in any league. It'd be really hard to have gotten all three of those guys. Yes. Yeah. But I would, I would feel amused, I think is the word I would use. <laughs> uh, I, I've been trying to figure out, and I think you can do it and it makes sense. In fact, I'm going to do it. When you ask me about FanDuel, uh-huh. I'm going to give you my Justin Jackson, Jalen Samuels, just Jeff Wilson, FanDuel lineup. I like it. That might be the ultimate, um, that it might be the ultimate, uh, uh, non, like, like the cash play. Like I feel everyone's going to buy those guys, right? It seems like people are not buying Wilson near as much. Interesting. As they are the other two. What about more running backs? You mentioned Spencer Ware. Do you trust him this week against Baltimore? I do not. Nope. Not, not even kind of. He's not in my top 30 running backs, and that's a big wow. drop. But I, like, I talk a ton about the numbers, and that leads some people on Twitter to think that I barely watch the games. That's not true. I saw Spencer Ware. He looked like he, crap. He looked awful. Damian Williams looked considerably better yep. than Spencer Ware. I, they brought back Sharknado. I don't <laughs> think that's going to mean anything, but I do think it's possible that Williams sees more touches than he did. I mean, it's kind of not that far off from the Eckler-Jackson thing, minus the coach quote. If Spencer Ware doesn't plunge in on the uh, Wildcat formation touchdown, where they, they, I think Mahomes actually, am I crazy? Did he? Mahomes was lined up under uh, center and then motioned out of the way or something, or like stepped out of the way. They did a direct snap to Spencer Ware, and he barely got in for a touchdown. Uh, if he doesn't score on that touchdown, he has a a miserable day and people are dropping him. He's not 95% owned because he ran 14 times for 47 yards, one touchdown that we mentioned, one target for five yards. That's, it's not going to cut it, Heath. It's not going to cut no, it. And not at not, all. He's not going to be better against Baltimore. And then he's got the Chargers and the Seahawks in the final two weeks of the season. Are you, how worried are you as a Chiefs fan about what the loss of Kareem Hunt does to the offense and their playoff hopes? Not at all. Okay. Interesting. I, I don't, I don't really think like, He's a lot better than Spencer Ware, but I'm not sure that the Chiefs have any real need to run the ball. Hmm. And I, I think that's more true about a lot of teams in the NFL than most people generally accept. Uh, it was funny, my, my nine-year-old, when he started playing Madden a couple of years ago, when he played and he played and he was, tr- he was figuring out football and understanding, and he, I don't understand why the other team keeps running it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, well, when you pass it, you get like 10 yards or 15 yards or 20 <laughs> yards. And when you run it, you get four or five. Why wouldn't you just always pass it? <laughs> Congratulations, son. You're playing John. You're not John Fox. Congratulations. <laughs> Do you? So uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't really worry about them, their inability to run the ball. Are you, uh, what would be a disappointment to you for the Chiefs, if the Chiefs, in terms of the Chiefs, like, like if they get to the AFC championship game and lose, are you disappointed? Yes. Wow. So anything short of a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl appearance with a loss, are you disappointed? Well, I'm sure on that day you'd be right. right. No, no, no. But I mean, like, what would you sign for right now? Oh, I wouldn't. Like, I think when you have a quarterback that's having the greatest season of all time, you shouldn't sign off on anything other than a Super Bowl win. That's fair. All right, that's fair. I think they should, at the very least, get to the Patriots game, which is (laughs) also referred to as the AFC Championship game. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) And. uh, they should be in the Super Bowl. Okay. So, uh, but you're pragmatic enough where like a loss in New England to Tom Brady wouldn't break your heart. Yeah, I don't, like, that's the thing though. We're 
getting really close to the point to where it's hard to envision how the Chiefs would end up in New England. No, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, New England's at Miami. I, I, have I told you my theory? I haven't told you this. So here's my theory on what's going to happen this week. Um, and then what's going to happen next Thursday. The Chargers are going to beat the Bengals. I mentioned this on the podcast maybe yesterday, but the Chargers are going to beat the Bengals by, uh, 30 points. So I'm going to be close. Justin Jackson, five touchdowns. Um, the, uh, the Chiefs are going to lose to the Ravens at home. The run defense is going to get carved up. Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson go nuts. People are going to be freaking out. Everyone is going to get on board the idea that the Chiefs and the Chargers, when they meet on Thursday, there's going to be a passing of the torch. It's the Chargers' time to take this division. And then the Chargers are going to melt down in Kansas City in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs will win the division. I, I, that was That sounds very NFL. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I did just get NFL research just sent out a tweet that might be relevant to the Ravens beating the Chiefs. Mm. Patrick Mahomes has more passing touchdowns in 12 games than the Ravens have in their last 32. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the Bills in the last like 10 years too. Uh, That's a good tweet. Good, good, good job of you, NFL research. Okay. Um, Rashad Penny. Do you trust Rashad Penny? Because I'm stashing Rashad Penny. I don't think this kind of fell under the radar with all the Justin Wilson, Jalen Samuel stuff. But Rashad Penny looked pretty efficient. And Chris Carson has a finger injury. And the Seahawks have an incredible schedule down the stretch. Penny is figuring things out. I have kind of had the feeling, because I've been stashing him in some leagues too. I look at him on my roster and I'm like, well, there's no way I'm dropping him. And there's this little voice in the back of my head that says, why? Yeah. Um, because I do think even if Carson goes down, you're going to see Mike Davis in the passing game. I don't think they trust Penny in the passing game. Sure. He's a good pass catcher yeah. and I, he can do a lot after the catch, but I don't think he knows who he's supposed to block yet. I, I don't know. Look, I, I think you're right on that. You're spot on. And look, he hadn't had, he's had more than 10 carries twice all season once, um, since week two. So it would be surprising if he suddenly got 18 carries. But if Chris Carson suffers another injury against the Vikings or looks effective or his finger is causing him ball security issues for whatever reason, at San Francisco and Kansas City to close out. Those are two really good matchups. And so if you have room on your bench, he's only 40% owned in CBS leagues, go go stick Rashad Penny on there. He reeks of a guy who's going to have some sort of late season breakout. Yes, I I agree. I dropped him last week for Spencer Ware. And it was panicked that, that somebody was going to pick him up. Uh, Gus Edwards, do you trust him this week against Kansas City? I like him in non-PPR. I, I think you, I mean, you could obviously run on the Chiefs. He hasn't and been, I do think he has, that, has, he, has he been targeted this year once? No. Okay. Maybe, maybe once, but I don't think he caught it. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> Definitely didn't. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to catch any passes. He's not great in PPR, but in non-PPR, I, I would expect the Ravens keep this game close enough, at least in the first half that he gets you the 15 carries, and against this defense, that should be worth 75 yards and a touchdown. You're right. He actually has one catch this year for seven yards against Carolina. Good for you, Gus. Um, 17, 23, and 21 carries the last three weeks. You kind of have to start him, even if he's not finding the end zone. Uh, he is dangerous. And, of course, he gets Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Chargers um, in the next three weeks. That's a friendly schedule. If you own Gus, there's no reason not to ride ride that Gus bus. Uh, tight end streamers. Got anybody you want to stream in, from the tight end position? Not really. Uh, Chris Herndon is my favorite. He's got that connection with Sam Darnold. I believe the last four games that Darnold started, week six through nine, Herndon was the number six tight end in fantasy. He scored mm. a touchdown in three of those games. Um, it's not a very good matchup, but Herndon would be my favorite streamer. 
if Evan Ingram is out, Red Ellison's seen 13 targets in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I wish they used Evan Ingram like they used Red Ellison when Ingram's hurt, but they don't. That's probably because nobody covers Red Ellison. Um, but I, I think Red Ellison's not a terrible streamer. And then Matt Lacoste. There are so many targets available in Denver, even if they throw it 30 times. Okay, there you go. Uh, we mentioned defenses. Rough week for, like, Baltimore against Kansas City. Uh, Minnesota and Seattle are playing each other. So you don't Bears really, against the Rams. Bears against the Rams. What defenses are you trying to stream? Uh, the Bills are number one with a bullet for me. Yep. They, they had a great day the last time they faced Sam Darnold. And uh, they're at home. And they're a good defense. Like, as much as we like to make Bills jokes, their defense is good. I like the Titans quite a bit against Jacksonville. I don't mind the Jets against the Bills on the other side of that game. I think the Bills actually have a pretty decent schedule to close out, too, uh, at least in terms of like defensive matchups. Yeah, well, uh, New England in Week 16, you don't want to start them then, but the Jets and then Detroit, and they've, been, they've scored fairly well the last few weeks. Uh, if you look at their point total, 13-9 um, by 19-9. So, I mean, they're, they're going to get you something there, and they're a well-coached defense. Uh, FanDuel, oh, beer and FanDuel. Beer and FanDuel recommendations. You can do it both at once because I'm running long. Yeah, I've got uh, FanDuel. Listen to this lineup. Yeah, this is the Pat- all all waiver wire lineup. Patrick Mahomes, uh-huh. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, My God. Travis Kelsey, the three waiver wire running backs, <laughs> and the Browns against Cam Newton with one arm. Oh, did we mention Cam Newton? You mentioned him on your list of things. I'm worried about Cam Newton. You I'm getting, I, I am like sixth right now at quarterback, and there is a good, if like if, if he's a partial participant again tomorrow, I will drop him. I won't drop him below anybody in that Thursday game, so it won't be too relevant to Thursday, but he's going to be a borderline top 12 guy. I, I'm worried. He, there was a play where he scrambled and reached the ball out, uh, diving for a first down or something, and he got up, and he felt it. And then the fact they didn't let him throw that last Hail Mary, they brought in Hail Taylor Mary Heineke, after the yeah. first one he tried to throw yeah. was like Mark Sanchez threw it. I wrote about this uh, on CBSSports.com for Tuesday, but if you look at the stats, he his his downfield passing anything above 15 air yards or more has absolutely cratered in the last four weeks. They've run him literally half less than half as much the last four weeks, and you can tell watching him play, he's not his arm is not right. And I would be scared about playing him because he's not running the ball as much. They're not going to use him in the red zone. Uh, McCaffrey's catching plenty of balls and Cam's dangerous. But I just think, I mean, like even that slant touchdown pass to Devin Funches, he threw it like up in the top right, like like way up in the in the wrong spot. It's just a bad spot to be in. So I would be worried about Cam Newton. I would be looking elsewhere for my quarterback. Uh, what about your beer? Got any, uh, got any good beer suggestions? Yeah, I had a couple of really good uh, different styles, but some more of my Iowa beers. Nice. Uh, Pompeii. IPA from Toppling Goliath Brewing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, very, very good. Not not quite as good as the one I mentioned last week, Fire Skulls and Money from the same place. It's <laughs> still a very good IPA. It's a four four point three uh, four point three rate on Beer Advocate, which is pretty. It's pretty good. Anything above four is very good. Ooh, New England too. And then uh, had a Gray's Lake Nessie mm. with hazelnut coffee. Ooh, a Scottish ale with hazelnut coffee. And it was fan- like it didn't really taste like a good beer. It tasted like a good coffee. Interesting. Um, Confluence Brewing makes that apparently four two on on, uh, on Untapped. Are you a uh, Scotty Scottish Ale guy? I could see you being a Scottish Ale guy. Oh, I like. Yeah, there are not very many types of beer that I. I 
pretty typical for me. The types of beer that I really don't like are like the lagers, <laughs> like right. the one that I get everybody. A, yeah, I get I get a lager at Coors, like a Coors Light. Yeah, like I mean, I don't, I'm, right. I'm, I'm not a big uh, Gosa guy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, anything that's that's got a little bit of bourbon or whiskey in it. Absolutely. Hey, we're uh, we're entering uh, bourbon barrel age season. SZN yep. as the kids say. Alright, follow Heath Cummings on Twitter at Heath Cummings SR. Check him out on CBS Sports HQ. Check out the Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, good luck in the playoffs, everybody. Talk to you next week.